Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For me early on, I perceived failure as like my business wasn't growing, my ideas weren't working, and I also saw failure as going back to corporate. But a lot of those failures were associated with what others may think of me versus what I thought of in myself. So when I say you get to choose what your definition is, I got to choose not to let my perceived perception of what those other people were saying about me to define who I was. In the back of your mind, your dreams should be real, right? Thanks all for tuning in to Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome. I've got the great pleasure of having Lauren Allen with me today. Lauren, how are things out in Colorado? Well, they might be good, but I'm in Georgia. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> what are you doing? I used to live in Colorado. I was in Denver for 10 years, but now I'm in Georgia. I'm just picking with you. So... <laughs> Me a favor before we get into the podcast. Tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you if they want to learn more and deepen their relationship with you. Uh, sure. You can find me at corporateschooldropout.com. And all the ways to connect with me and talk with me are in that website. Wow. Okay. And so now that we've played about geography with you, right? You <laughs> Georgia, Colorado, wherever. So how did you become a corporate dropout? What, what is that all about? So January the 19th, 2017, I dropped out of my job. And about six months prior to that, I started exploring what life could be like outside of living in Denver and working my full-time corporate job. So I put together a plan of moving to San Diego. So it took me about six months. I quit my job, sold my house, and I moved on January the 20th to San Diego, arrived on the 23rd, and I took about four and a half months off 
and realized that there was no way that I could go back to the corporate setting. I tried. I interviewed for a few jobs, but I found them pure torture and really struggled with the whole interview process. Like I had no desire. I was like dead man walking. I would like show up to these interviews and the people would, they would be asking me questions, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like answering them. I didn't feel like even being in this building. And so I knew that there was something that I needed to explore outside of going back to corporate. So I didn't and started calling myself a corporate school dropout because I thought it was funny. And now three and a half years, it's my full platform of coaching, podcast, community, everything involved with supporting other females do very much the same thing. So along the way, you became, well, when did you get fed up, right? Because you don't just decide one day that this is... I think it was probably years in the making. I was in the corporate industry for about 15 years, and I was a project manager for very large global corporations. So if you think of very large global corporations, bureaucracy, politics, um, infighting, like power dynamics, like everything you could ever think of. And I really just struggled with the fact that every day I went to work, I felt like I was in battle. And I finally got to the point of like, why am I fighting? Why do I care? I don't care about any of this stuff. So as you know, people talk about all the time of, you know, it wasn't fulfilling. Going to battle every day is not a fulfilling serving environment. And I finally got fed up with it and had a few things happen in my company that led to the ability for me to say, you know what, I think I'm done here. I think this is time for me to move on. And so it was easy for me to transition out because my company didn't operate in California. So as much as maybe I could have taken my job remote and still moved to San Diego, I actually didn't have that opportunity because my company didn't operate there. So it was an easy transition for me to say, well, I'm done. I'm going to step away for a while. So that's what happened. Wow. And so, I mean, what gave you the courage to just walk out and start your own thing? Because, I mean, a lot of people say it's going into the wilderness after being in a house cat for a long time. I think we talked about it in a previous conversation of I had done the internal work to get to a place where my confidence and my ability and my trust in myself that I was going to be just fine was so impenetrable. There was no way that you were going to tell me that this was a bad idea. And what's really crazy is in conversations with people and like random things would happen and San Diego would come up in conversation or I would see a post about San Diego or I would see something and it was kind of like the world affirming to me that I was still making that right choice. Now, I don't live there right now, but I attribute everything I have now to the fact that I made the choice to make a change in my life and I put myself into a position that allowed me to grow. And I wouldn't be here without that transition at all. So talk about that journey. Well, first, before we go there, I got to ask this question. So did you leave the first time you thought you should leave or did you think about leaving and then stop and then think about leaving and then stop. And then you finally jump. I thought about it and I jumped. 
So now, not to say that I haven't thought about going back and been like, ah, help me, help me, help me. But I haven't. I just felt, like I said, it was impenetrable. You couldn't, I had so many people tell me that it was a bad idea. And every one of them, I have totally like proved wrong. And it wasn't that I was trying to prove anybody wrong. I was trying to prove to myself that I can have trust and confidence in myself. And it really had nothing, like I said, it had nothing to do with proving anybody else, but all of it had to do with proving to myself that I am worthy and that I can trust my gut and I can trust my instincts and I can do the things that feel right to me. I think that part is tough, especially like if we have something that happens in a relationship and we start questioning, like, how did I pick a person that didn't actually work out? Like all these things work out. So how could my decision making or how could my intuition be so wrong about such an important decision? So that part's really interesting. Well, on the flip side, I have, if we're talking about relationships, I have picked wrong partners. and. I have had that situation where I had to question whether I could trust myself. But in turn, you can collect evidence all day long that you shouldn't trust yourself, but you can also collect evidence all day long that you can trust yourself. So I can choose which one to collect evidence for and which one to continually believe and which one to continually practice believing so that I can continue building the business and the environment and the life that I want. I feel like you have a choice between those two options. So I choose to believe that I am good and I'm successful and that I can make good decisions. It's all a choice. And so many people think that it's dictated to them and they don't actually get to choose. So I appreciate you putting that out, the flip side of the coin. Okay, so you leave, you thought about it, then you left. And were you running from or to something? You know what? I'm glad you asked that, Jerome, because it took me about six months to make the decision because I spent that six months really diving into, am I running from something? I knew that that was an important question to answer for myself because I'm a single lady and a single lady is queen of a breakup and we cut our hair off, we move to a new city, we get a new job, we go on a vacation, we, we make these huge massive leaps and steps to prove to ourselves X, Y, and Z. Like I, I know this. And you're right, like I spent a good amount of time diving into why do I want this change? And what'd you decide? Well, clearly I decided that I did want it. I decided that there wasn't a relationship that I was running from. There were relationships in my work environment that I was choosing to, actually they never severed. I'm still in great communication with all of those people that I used to work with. Like I didn't burn any of these bridges because I also feel like that is a very important human trait and business trait of like, even if you're unhappy, like don't burn your bridges. There's really no reason. So I really dived into that internal work and my intuition, uh, the gratitude journal, the uh, self-help, self-development, everything that I could grab my hands onto to help build myself up, like I said, of that confidence and that trust in myself to make sure that I, you're right, like I wasn't running. I was really 
on an adventure and I was choosing to take that adventure because I wanted something different in my life. So you're embarking on this new adventure, this quest for a new world and a new experience because you're old. So who showed up to help you along the way? You know what? My mom has moved me across the country twice. (laughs) My family was very supportive, but not all of my friends were. And so I really had to protect, like I have a friend that described it. She's like, you have this bubble around you. And I said, yes, I have this bubble built all the way around me. And the people who were not supportive, I would not let into my bubble during this period of my time. And you will quickly figure out who those people are who don't belong in your bubble. And so I was very aware and I was thinking about this earlier because I knew you were going to ask me a question. My emotional capacity for a lot of things was at a minimum. Like when you're changing your life, you're kind of going through like, as you were saying, like the matrix, you're going through all of these like physical and mental and emotional questions of like, what is this world and what am I doing? And so I watched so many Hallmark Christmas movies because I needed something that was predictable and had a happy ending because that's all I could handle because I was working in this crazy environment and I was trying to change. And then I have all these people who were telling me that I can't do something. And so it was like all this kind of chaos. So as, as I was navigating that, I built up that bubble. I watched Hallmark Christmas movies and I really leaned in on my friends who were supportive and all those people who weren't, I didn't cut them out of my life, but I chose not to let them in on my journey at the moment. So how uncomfortable is that? Cause oh, super uncomfortable because your friends that have been friends with you for 10, 15 years, like they don't understand why they, they're just operating as normal. It's you that's made the change. And they don't understand that change. And so even trying to communicate with them that you have changed does not change them. And so, yeah, sometimes, sometimes friendships don't last. And I've had to come to that realization and it was really hard. But as I said, my emotional energy I only had this much to give and I had to be very, very conscious of who I allowed in. Perfect. So, you know, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think you were being cliche or a little tongue in cheek and picking with me. So on this three year journey that you've been on, when did you say, I have to keep going? I can't turn back. And and you mentioned the interviews before, but When was that moment? I call it the red pill moment where you're like, yeah, I absolutely have to succeed at what I'm doing. There is no turning back. When I went to the last interview and the hiring manager told me that he would hire me, even though I was a woman, I was done, done. And he's dying laughing and he took himself off. (laughs) He's on mute and he's dying laughing at me. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He said what? Hold on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. He yeah. said, are you because you're, even though you're, even though you're a woman. So I 
called the recruiter who put me in touch with this person. And I said, I don't care if he wants me or not. I will not take this job. And I'm done. And he did call back and say he absolutely wants you for this amount of money. It was the biggest offer I've ever had. I turned it down and I have never looked back. How do you look all that money in the face and turn away? How do you look in all that money and say, I will be subjected to harassment and uh, discrimination? Uh Uh-oh, you found your worth. Yes. Wow. Okay. So. And then we take a turn. You cannot (laughs) be bought. I love it. You don't do things for money anymore. This is awesome. So now that you've been on the journey, have there been any smaller challenges that you've had to face in order to get your platform up and running and to survive out here in this wilderness? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I always laugh. My brother teases me. He says, your world has always come out roses. And I said, but have you seen all the thorns that I had to remove? So being a female in the online space, there are a lot of females in the online space. There are a lot of business coaches. There are a lot of gurus and influencers saying that you have to do this to be successful and you have to do that to be successful. And I really struggled with what does success look like for me because it was always associated with a job title and my pay increases and my bonus metrics. So coming out into this journey now, I had to define what success looked like for me. And there are no bonus metrics. (laughs) There are no pay increases, except when you decide that you are ready to up your prices and you get to freaking choose whenever that is, but had to learn that I could do whatever I wanted. But as I was saying, There are a lot of people that say you have to do things a certain way to be successful. And I had to learn what all those things would mean for me and adjust them to make them fit my methodology and the way that I want to come across to the world. Because like you said, I can't be bought. It was more of, I have a passion. I have an authentic message. How do I get that across to the world? And how do I get people to start buying into what I'm saying? Like all that was a learning curve. Like, I used to run large global projects um, for HR teams. It wasn't marketing and sales. So I had to learn all of that. And how do I resonate? And what do I say? And I used to write, you know, bullet point emails because I worked for people who only wanted the top three bullet points. And so when I first started social media, I would be like, bullet point, one, two, three. Yes, got it. Well, that doesn't freaking work. So had to learn how to do all of that outside of a marketing department telling me how to do X, Y, and Z and where to put my logo and what colors I could use. Wow. And so what was the way you did that? Because you talked about all the gurus. So I assume you are anti-guru. No, I'm not anti-guru, but I'm anti-listening to every single one of them. I am pro finding a person or a group that resonates with you and supports you and teaches kind of in the methodology that most resonates with you. And whoever that is, that's great. And whatever system, process, flow you follow just has to work for you. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. All right. So you 
stop communicating like a Neanderthal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Started marketing. You got some customers into the kitty and started proving that you could find something to eat, be your own farmer, as my friend Logan Freeman says. And now things are working for you. And other people are noticing it and saying how just effortlessly you make this thing look. Hey guys, it's Jerome. Greg and I wanted to invite you to the community that we created for the whole Guards Down family. Jump on Facebook or check the show notes for the Guards Down Facebook. There you'll be able to find a community of folks who are committed to raising awareness about complex grief and PTSD. Look forward to chatting with you guys in the group. Now let's get back to the episode. And so outside of having to get some education, how else did you overcome your challenges? Um, Support systems. I can't speak enough to finding a community and a support system that allows you to, well, not allows, enables you to find the support that you need. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today, like I said, without San Diego and the environment that I was in there. But I also had some women's groups that I was a member of who really just helped in everything of creating that first business. And I'm still really good friends with those women today of like, you know, they were my photographers, they were my lawyers, they were my designers, like all the things that I kind of needed to get my first business up and running were all within my fingertips when I created the community. And I started participating in, in that community and building it and, you know, I always say, you know, you get what you give. So I showed up to every time that door was open because I knew that I was going to be successful if I allowed the support and if I gave back as much as I could too. I love it. I love it. Giving, not to get, but just giving. And then you end up getting by giving. That's beautiful. So what was your worst fear in the whole process? Oh, that I would fail. Yeah. I think that we all have such a huge fear of failure, but again, you get to choose what your definition of failure is. Like I have launched multiple businesses. Are they all profitable? Nope. But I got to learn how to launch businesses and I got to fail and what is it? Fail hard and fail fast. And I get to reinvent yourself and you get to pivot and you get to take all those failures and turn them into successes. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing right now. You know, I, like I said, I launched multiple businesses, but the one business that I've pivoted and have really created and dialed into a corporate school dropout, that is a success for me because I've already been through all of the crap, (laughs) learned my lessons and got to just reinvent myself through this project. How did you overcome that fear of failure? Like, because you you talked about you have to define success and you also said you have to define failure. But like once you set the definition, did you change it at all? Or how did you just break through the barrier? Hmm. I think there's always a learning process. And for me early on, I perceived failure as like my business wasn't growing my ideas weren't working. And I also saw failure as going back to corporate. But a lot of those failures were associated with what others may think of me versus what I thought of in myself. So when I say you get to choose what your definition is, 
I got to choose not to let the other people's, my perceived perception <laughs> of what those other people were saying about me to define who I was. Okay. I'm tracking now. And so was there a point where everything was on the line? Was there a rock bottom for you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I'm coming out of rock bottom. If I'll be honest, um, I put myself into a lot more credit card debt than I would love to admit. And I get to, again, see that credit card debt is, is me and as in investing in me, myself and investing in my business. So I can look at it a different way and say, thank you for allowing me to use you. But now it's time to turn around and it's time to pay you back. Huh. So a lot of people forget who helped or, you know, what they were able to use when they were down in that situation where their back is against the wall or they're at rock bottom. But you find that important to pay it back or pay it forward. Yeah, I think my family has really stepped in and stepped up the, the support. I never thought they would, honestly. I'd been gone for so long and I'd kind of developed my career and my businesses away from my family. So they weren't seeing that everyday work that I was putting in. And now that I'm here and sharing, it's also like I decided to start sharing. Like it's really hard to like feel unsuccessful all by your, well, it's easy to feel unsuccessful all by yourself, but it's really hard to start sharing all those negative things that have happened or those failure moments or those rock bottom moments. And those are really lonely moments. But when you start giving them voices and you start sharing with the people that you trust, it kind of opens that door and it releases you from keeping all of that to yourself. I love it. So the one thing that I've learned in helping one of my friends, Greg, with his new podcast, uh, Guards Down, he talks about, he's raising awareness about PTSD and complex grief. And one of the biggest pressures or accelerants to like committing suicide or doing something else traumatic is being alone. And once people start isolating themselves, the negative self-talk and the beliefs that are not empowering tend to pile up on you. You don't have any messages to counteract those mm -hmm. negative vibes. And so I think that part is really important, the sharing piece. And also like, you know, letting people know that it's not perfect. It's not easy and that there are plenty of things that you're going to have to endure on the journey and be prepared for that. Because if you think it's just all roses, like as your brother said, then you're in for a rude awakening when you get pricked by some of those thorns. Yeah, they hurt. They hurt really bad. And they, you know, that first, um, I had my first hate mail a couple of maybe a month or so ago. And, you know, that first negative review or that first client who doesn't do the work and, you know, it's all the things kind of that, that first moment that you've ever had things happen to you, or it's that first thorn, but none of that is worth giving up for. To me, it's motivation to get better. And to find the right clients. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right. Because we get to choose what it means for us. Right. And I think of so many people think, hey, well, it's supposed to be this or they're used to somebody telling them how they're supposed to interpret the world. 
And it's usually in a way that they can be manipulated or told what to do. Like mm-hmm. think about coronavirus and all this stuff. Like you're supposed to be sad. Your business is supposed to be shrinking. All of these things, the headlines in the news. And that's not true. We get to make a decision on how we're going to interpret the things that are happening around us. Yeah. My business is growing. Yep. There's a whole lot of people with growing businesses. Most of my clients' businesses are growing right now. And so that part's super exciting. And so you just mentioned that your business is growing. What would you say has been the reward for going on this arduous journey? I cried. I cry. I'm a crier. Like like little things get me all emotional. The The first person who joined my new community that I launched two and a half weeks ago, that first person, you will always remember the first person who invests in you. And this, it's not my first client, but it's the first person who joined a community, this net, the dropout social network. I created this group and this network because I know that women tend to like to go about it alone. And I know that that's not the method. It is being in a supportive community and this network to help you along the journey. So when that first person joined, I cried because one, I don't know, it makes me emotional. Somebody has been following me and has read my material, who's listened to my podcast and who has finally said to themselves, I am worth it. So I cried because it, in turn, it validates that I am on the right path and that I am doing the right thing because people are joining. Yeah, there's nothing like validation that your thing that you built for yourself to scratch your own itch actually resonates with other people. And so much so that they're willing to part with their money, right? Yeah. For them to say, oh man, that's amazing, that's great. But when they actually give you money because of what you're creating, and when you wake up in the morning and you have like this morning, I woke up to two new people in the group. I didn't do anything from 9:30 last night to 8 a.m. this morning, but I produced a revenue stream. Like, how amazing is that? Absolutely. It's the dream. And it's what you set out for, you know, when you started this journey. So with that said, right, has there been anything to try to pull you back into the old world? Oh, yeah. I'm still in. (laughs) This is (laughs) telling all my secrets. Um, Yeah, I'm still in contact with all of my my corporate connections. And every once in a while, I've been asked to come back. And that has sent me into a tailspin of what do I do? Is this the right decision? Do I say no? Do I say yes? How do I have a platform of corporate school dropout, but still being internally pulled in and out? Like, that's really hard. I have not gone back, but that's a hard thing. Every time it's kind of like that ex-boyfriend who you still don't, you don't hate them, but they still call you every once in a while and ask you to coffee. And you're like, should I, is this a good idea? This is great. So (laughs) I've got to ask, right. And when you were struggling, right. And you were trying to figure out how to monetize the business model that you put together. How many times did you ask yourself, like this would have been so much easier if I just took that job where I would have been accepted, even though I was a woman. I never wanted that job again. 
I would have never accepted that. Now, if another offer would have come out over the last few years, that would have been a hard thing to say no to. Did anybody in your support group, I know you got rid of the people who weren't supportive, but anybody in your support group say, Lauren, what are you doing? You've got, (laughs) you've got these certifications, honey, why are you making your life harder than it has to be? Yes. Yes. But I, I still believe wholeheartedly in myself. I know that I'm doing the right thing to every bone muscle being within myself. And I wouldn't be true to myself if I took all of those people who were saying, wouldn't it just be easier to do this? Wouldn't it just be easier if you did that? Like that would, that just doesn't feel good to me. And I hear it. I say, thank you without of love. I know that you're not trying to be mean or malicious but that's not serving me. And I actually, I say that all, all often to people of like, thank you, but that's not serving. That's not helpful for me. So. Where did you get the clarity from? Cause that takes clarity. Oh, geez. I think, well, you've been through this journey. <laughs> I know this is my interview, but you've been through this journey. Like, Gosh, I can't describe where. I just know it's there. I just know it's there. That's going to be the title of the episode. And so my next question, and it's one of my favorite ones, what's the biggest difference in your approach to life now compared to when you were back in the Matrix? Mm-hmm. I think I was more selfish. I was more... I would say carefree. Like I didn't worry about anything. I I lived paycheck to paycheck, but I didn't care. Like I did all the things. It didn't matter. But then I had the switch that my mission was to serve. And so every decision I make every day is how do I make sure that I can show up for myself and for my audience? So for an example, today my meetings were back to back. And so yesterday I looked at my calendar and said, I can't do back to back. Like my energy level is not going to sustain back to back. So what meetings within Tuesday can I shift in order to show up? So I shifted meetings to Wednesday to allow myself the opportunity to show up for this interview, to show up for the meetings that couldn't be moved and to give myself the grace that I get to choose to do that. So beforehand, before I dropped out of the matrix, I just pushed through every day, any day and suffered. I knew that I didn't have the energy, but I didn't have a choice. So I was selfish in that I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't in turn taking care of the people around me as well as I could if I was giving myself the grace. Lauren, what are you most grateful for? Gosh, I am most grateful. One, I'm grateful for my family. They've really come through for me in ways that I never saw and never thought possible over the last six months. And I'm going to get all emotional. I'm grateful for all of those thorns that I had to remove. I'm grateful for the corporate career that I had that enabled me to have the skill sets 
that I have now that I can support people. I'm grateful for the people who come into my life on a daily basis who keep me motivated and inspired to keep going. I'm grateful for all the people who trust that I can support them. I'm grateful that I get to live and design my life the way I always dreamed. And I'm, I'm grateful for my community in all forms. Now that was beautiful. You're welcome. Feels good. I got, I'm like the clipped. Part <laughs> of the reason why we asked the question. And so I've got three questions left. The first, what dream are you most focused on catching next? I am working on expanding the dropout social network, expanding corporate school dropout, but I'm also, I'm daydreaming about my house on the beach again. I had a a nice little tiny house on the beach in San Diego. And now that I'm away from water, I've always known that I'm a water person and I know that my toes need to be back in that sand. And so I am daydreaming every day about this new beach house life that I am working towards. So you're visualizing, you're not daydreaming. I'm visualizing, I'm manifesting my new beach house and my business taking off into opportunities that I don't know exist today, but they're going to come and I'm going to say, ah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. All these words matter. Thank you for Mm -hmm. saying that. Yeah. It happens twice, right? First in the mind, then in the physical. Mm -hmm. Next question. What gift are you giving the world? Oh, man, I'm giving women the power of choice. I am helping empower them to know that they don't have to sit in that corporate desk or sit in that matrix or sit in anything that is not serving them, that they have the power to change. Power of change. All you got to do is make a choice. And then it's your choice. Yeah. And now for the final question. What's the one thing you like for the listeners to take away from our conversation today? That you have the choice. <laughs> it's, we gosh, we've talked so much about choice and like your definition of success and your definition of failure and letting go of what others may say or what others may do and building that support system that enables you to grow in the way that you want to grow. I think that corporate school dropout is not just a platform, but it's a mindset and you get to make that choice and you get to choose how you go about the rest of your life. And I, I say this on my website I owe my career to my corporate world, but I don't owe it my life, and neither do you. Lauren, you are a dream catcher. Thank you so much for coming on and inspiring our listeners with your amazing story. I appreciate you for showing other people that it's okay to take a path that's not fully mapped out and completely charted, but following that North Star that guides you to a place that most won't be able to see but they don't have to because you're creating your new reality. I look forward to continuing to build our relationship and hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Jerome. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. 
Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.